Thanks, Bernadette. Lily and Amelia, if you'll uh, come on up here. We've just had a missions trip down to the Dominican Republic, and we're planning another uh, uh, missions trip out to Spain. And I need your help because I need help financially so we can take uh, Lily and Amelia uh, with Liz and I. And so the, 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 the purpose of this uh, trip is I'm doing ongoing uh, work with a uh, new to the Vineyard Church in Cordova, Spain, and they are asking for uh, two things. Uh, they, they're asking from Liz and I regular uh, relationship. They want to be connected. Uh, they feel very isolated uh, in Spain and being part of the vineyard, so they're looking for a relationship. The other thing that they want is demonstration of things of the Spirit. Uh, they're looking for not necessarily teaching about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, they want to see demonstration. <laughs> so wouldn't we all? I mean, it's like, uh, can you just uh, show us how to do miracles so that we can do miracles? And it's like, sure, no problem. You know, we'll... we'll you know, we're the vineyard. We, we do these things. <laughs> so that's why I'm bringing Lily and uh, Amelia. They, they're going to be producing the miracles. I'll be doing all the teaching. And uh, so, uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, uh, we want to take, I want to take people on missions trips. I particularly want to invest in, in your kids, in your youth. And uh, before they graduate from high school, uh, try and take them on a missions trip. So the challenge is, uh, youth don't earn a lot of money, and I don't want this to be only for uh, you know rich families and, and whatever not. And so I need uh, your help raising the money so that these two uh, folks can go. Uh, it's about you know we need to raise about eighteen hundred dollars each, uh, and we want to go in the spring break. And it's this catch twenty two. I've got to book the tickets, but I can't book the tickets until we get some money. So all that is say. Uh, if you want to help these girls go on a missions trip, they want to go, and uh, uh, we, we need to uh, buy the ticket soon. And so uh, we just ask, uh, please give us some money. Uh, you can just make it out of the Vineyard Church, uh, make it out of missions, or youth missions, or Spain missions. Uh, and I'll, I'll send out a letter, uh, or they'll send out a letter uh, with more details and everything else. So there you go. How was that? Easy? Just the miracle workers? Here they are. I do want to continue this morning now in our, um, our walk through uh, the book of Ephesians. And I, uh, looking at how God uh, speaks to us, uh, you know, in this book, uh, obviously any book in the Bible was written to a certain people at a certain time, way back then, and, and we're living in a certain time, and we are certain people, or way uh, like now, and so the challenge is always, as we read the Bible, uh, whether you're reading it through your Bible reading plan, uh, to read it on two levels. One is, what is God saying to people then? And for most of us, it's like, God, what are you saying to me now? You know, we, it, it's relevant uh, to us. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you've ever said something like this. Uh, when I meet Jesus, I want to ask him. And you fill in the blank what it is that you want to ask him. Or uh, you might say, uh, Jesus, if I could just speak to you now, this is the question that I would have for you. And fill in the blank what your question might be, you know, for Jesus. I mean, you know, there's some sort of frustration or disconnect 
between what you know about God, what God is doing, and what's happening in your life or in the lives of those around you. And you've you, you got questions, and you're saying, God, I, I, I really would like you to talk to this specific question, and will you answer it? So maybe uh, I would put it this way. Uh, we say to God, God, I have a plan for you, uh, and it's regarding my life, my kingdom. God, I have a plan for you. It's regarding my life, my problems, and my kingdom. You know, just like. But God seems to answer that question a little differently. He says, I have a plan for you. And it's regarding my kingdom, God's kingdom. And, uh, you know, it's like a little disconnect. Uh, now, the book of Acts, uh, which we're not going through right now, but I'm going to read from it because it's very relevant to where we're going today. For God's plan for you and what God is saying to you and what's God's plan for what God's plan is. So the book of Acts opens up with this really crazy introduction. So Jesus has been resurrected. He's appeared to his disciples a number of times. And the sole purpose for him appearing to his disciples is this. Guys, I made it. I'm alive. And they like just battling to grasp it. And he's like, pierced him again and again and again. Finally, they got it. Okay. Now, Jesus appears to them one more time. It's the last time he's going to appear to them. And guess what? They've got one pressing question. They just want to ask Jesus. Jesus, I just want to ask you this thing. Like, when are you coming back? And when are you going to establish your kingdom? And funny enough, Jesus has a whole different answer to them. He says, wait a bit. I, I don't want to even talk about that. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. Let me just read to you this uh, opening in Acts. Uh, many of you would be familiar with this. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, it says this. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And they heard, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Jesus, are you alive? And Jesus, I'm talking to you about the kingdom of God. And, they, blah, blah. and so uh, it goes on in verse 6 and it says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. He has the question. I'm with you, Jesus. I, would, I need an answer. This is what's bothering me. Will you please just explain this to me in easy, straightforward English? He said, they said to him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And Jesus is like, hello, I've been talking to you about this all this time. It's like, you guys keep asking the wrong questions. I keep telling you. I keep redirecting you. I keep telling you what's important. And so Jesus doesn't like, Get that angry, it's just me as preacher. He actually says it very lovingly. He says this. He says, hey guys, listen. No, he doesn't say that. He says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. In brackets, but we want to know. That's what we focused on. That's all we're interested in. When you're coming back. But he doesn't say that. And he says, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so God is saying to him, listen, you have a plan. You have your kingdom. You have your ideas. You've got your thoughts of what I should do and when I should show up and when I'm going to rule this world and, and when I'm going to take over. But I have a plan too. And God's saying, my plan is this. You are going to be empowered because you know me and you've seen me and you are going to go and tell people about me. And that's going to be the plan. And your plan is going to become my plan. And my plan is going to become your plan. And if we get these plans in sync, your life is going to be awesome. And you're going to have a fulfilled life. And you're going to have an exciting life. And believe me, it's going to have lots of twists and turns. And the disciples are like, oh, okay. But you know what? The penny drops. They get it. The whole book of Acts then takes off uh, from, that, uh, from that point onwards. But we're looking at this section in Ephesians. And I want to read this to you. And if you're following along on your, on your phone on your, on, on, with Ephesians, it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. And it's the end of this prayer. Uh, it's the end of the sentence, I should say. Um, that's been this just long sentence. And that the, the last part of it, I'm going to reread a little bit of cover over from last week. Verse 9 through 14. And it says this regarding God's plan. He says, Now God has revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ. Now I, I just want to stop right there because we need God to help us with this. God needs to uh, like speak to our hearts. Uh, so let me just invite God's presence. God, uh, you've put it in words. You've revealed your plan. Uh, Lord, but somehow or other, just like the disciples, uh, we have an alternative plan and we don't fully understand your plan or we don't fully understand our part of your plan, what it looks like for us today, tomorrow, this week, and why that would be so like fulfilling. So Lord, I just pray uh, that you'd empower my preaching. Lord, I just pray that each person here would have a sense of how you want to love them and encourage them and help them to see their part in your plan. So I just lift up this morning to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So God says, uh, God has now revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. And this is His plan. At just the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. 
And, you know, we read it and say, okay, I've just read it. God's mysterious plan has been revealed. And it's really exciting. And, like, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? How does this plan, like, impact my life? Uh, and yet it does. Uh, there's lots that uh, God wants to say to us. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the first part of trying to understand God's plan is that, you know, if you speak to people that like aren't believers, history and where this world is going is just meaningless. I mean, it's just like, okay, I don't see any connection to the past. Uh, we've had a bunch of wars. We're still dealing with wars. And, and uh, you know, if I can escape the wars and if I can just like, you know, make a big pile of toys and live it up, uh, I mean, that'll be like the purpose in life. It's just like, and yet as believers, we're saying, wait a bit. There's something else happening here. God had a beginning point in creation. He, he desires relationship with us. He's got a, a plan for this world. He's got a plan for mankind. He's got a plan for uh, plants and animals. And he's going somewhere. And things are unfolding. And things have unfolded, just like God said they would. And things are going to unfold, just the way God says they're going to unfold. And we're in the midst of this. And there is a sense of purpose. And we are part of it. And God is inviting us. He's inviting us firstly that we would know Him. And that we would receive His love. And we would be encouraged by Him. And He's inviting us to say, listen, be part of what I'm doing. And when we get to be part of what God is doing, it's super exciting. I mean, it makes life really like worth living. It, there's something the way God has wired us. That when we do the things that God has made us to do or wired us to do, life becomes really uh, fulfilling. Uh, so God's mysterious plan starts in the spiritual. He's saying to us that everything in heaven and on earth will come under the authority of Christ. There's a sense where we as 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 beings are spiritual beings we're not just physical beings and there's a sense where the spiritual things which we can't see and the physical which we can't are going to become like one and and christ is starting in the spiritual in the heavenly realms and he's going to have authority over everything <clears throat> what we have seen in the past is this like mysterious plan of god unfolding in different ways uh, the most obvious would be how God just like mysteriously chose the Jewish people and just said, look, I'm going to just extract these Jewish people. I'm going to pour out my blessing on them. I'm going to take them to a physical promised land. I'm going to bless these people. And I want these people to be a blessing to the whole world and to be a light to the whole world. That, that was God's plan. And we, and we see this a little further on in Ephesians 3, 6. It says this, and this is God's plan. Again, God is like, this is my plan. This is my plan. And this is God's plan. Now, of course, uh, we're reading this, battling with these two worlds. We're reading this uh, where Paul, the apostle, is writing it like it's fresh. It's, this plan is just unfolding. And he's telling the people in Ephesus and those that are reading this letter, he's telling them like this crazy unfolding of this mystery but on the other hand, we're living like thousands of years later, and it's like, well, it's not so mysterious. We've like unpackaged the mystery, and, and like we got it. But we need to just rethink this a little bit, because this is God's plan. He says this, 
uh, Ephesians 3, 6, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promises, promise of blessings because they belong to Christ. I mean, this was just like a, 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 like a big deal, you know, that it wasn't just the chosen people. It wasn't just the elect. It's, it's like opened up. It's for all. You, and God wants this plan to be for all. Uh, but if we go back a little bit uh, and we just look at God's big plan, I mean, this is the big scheme. This is the big mystery, the big plan that's been un un unfolded. God creates this earth. He creates Adam and Eve and they sin. And ever since they sin, the world has been falling apart. So the first problem that we have in Genesis chapter 3, the first book of the Bible, humans were separated from God because of sin. The next chapter, humans were separated from each other because of sin. Cain kills Abel. And boy, it doesn't stop there. It gets kind of progressively worse. Uh, and then in chapter 11, when it's so bad, you know, we've got the Tower of Babel and people are trying in their own strength to sort this mess out and it's just getting worse. And so God says, okay, we'll do a redo. We'll call Abraham, Abram. And God calls him out of his comfort zone, out of his country to another place. And he says, okay, through you, this is the mysterious plan starting to unfold. I'm going to like do something incredible. And then it doesn't seem like it's happening. And yet through Abraham, uh, he creates the Jewish people, a separate people, and he calls them into the promised land. And uh, we think, okay, well, you know, that, that's God's plan. And then finally, uh, we get here to the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, man, it's not just the Jews. Uh, you and I are. The Gentiles are called to be part of this big plan of God. And he kind of reminds them, and we need to remind ourselves. So we see verses like Romans 5, 18. It says this, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and, and a new life. One man, Abraham. God calls for one nation, the Jewish nation. And now God is saying, look, I'm calling for one like universe, you know, one universe to be followers of Christ where he is going to be the head. It's not just a separate certain people group. It's all people, all places, the whole universe. It's a marvelous plan. It's a big plan. Everything is going to be under the authority of Christ. Everything. So I read again from Ephesians 1.10, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and earth. And we, like the disciples, are saying, Jesus, will you just like hurry up and like make this happen? You know, is it going to happen in our lifetime? I mean, you said it was going to happen soon. I mean, like, come on now, like soon's when? Like, our soon is really soon. God's soon seems to be like, not that soon. I don't know, but there's an angst in us to say, this place is messed up. We can't figure it out politically. We can't figure out pollution. We can't figure out taking care of creation. You know, like we're struggling. And God, we need like your help. It's place is warming up. It's getting more uncomfortable. You know, the 
plastic pollution in the middle of the Pacific. It's like killing everything. Like, we need your help. And God said, yeah, I'm coming soon. It's like, okay, well, we asked the same question to the disciple. When? How is this going to happen? And Christ said, well, i got a plan. My plan is I'm going to create a thing called the church. And you're like, yeah? And not only that, I'm, I'm going to create a plan where there's like really crazy unity. You're like, yeah, really? Like the church is your big plan? And now we've been living for a while. And it's like, man, this church is pretty messed up. Oh, wait a minute. The church is God's plan. It's a messed up plan. No, it's an awesome plan. It's a really wonderful plan. Now, God is saying, yep. And not only am I going to create this interim phase where the church is going to be the plan, there's going to be this crazy unity in the church. And you're like, yep, there's a lot of fighting in the church. Yep, there's going to be this awesome unity. In fact, uh, even though there's all this crazy fighting, you'll find that you will have friends and family in the church that will become closer and tighter than your natural family. It's like, yep, been there, experienced that. It's amazing. It's a mysterious, ongoing plan. And the mysterious plan is that God is going to use the church and He's going to use you and I and there's going to be this crazy unity and there's going to be this crazy like unitedness of God's plan going forward with you and I, ordinary people, being His instruments to fulfill God's plan. This plan is not just physical. It talks about demons and angels and these uh, powers and principalities and God is giving us an insight and he's saying, you know what, there's just more happening in your lives and on this planet than we can see in the natural. And God is saying these things which do have a strong power and do have a strong influence are going to come under God's control. At this point, they're not. God is not reigning like he wants to reign. You may have noticed that this isn't heaven on earth yet. God is saying it's going to be, but in the interim... There are other powers that are controlling what's happening. And so stop complaining about, you know, to God, like, God, why don't you do something? God is saying, because I've given you free will. And you can make your own decisions. And some of your decisions are really bad. And they've really been sinful. And they've really separated from God. And we're really in a mess because of your own free will and your own bad decisions. But God is saying, I've predestined that this thing, whole thing is going to work out in the end. Stick with it. Stick with God's plan. It's a mysterious plan. It involves the powers that we can't see that are real. The demons that are influencing and impacting. Angels which are interceding for us. They're going to all come together. It's going to be an awesome plan. And we will have heaven on earth when Christ returns. And so we ask the same question. It's like, wait a bit. How exactly is this going to work out? And last week I was talking about predestination. And at the same time we say, yeah, but we have free will. And uh, God's plan is going to work out. And uh, the whole, you know, God is saying, I will... Uh, lead and I will oversee and those that are saved uh, will have a, an awesome future and so we come to Mark uh, chapter 13 if you've been doing the Bible reading plan that they handed out you would have uh, been at Mark chapter 13 which is the disciples asking Jesus this question again and Jesus explaining okay this is how it's going to work out and uh, you know we have a lot of questions about like 
how it's going to work out, when it's going to work out. Uh, uh, God, can you explain? Is this going to be pre-tribulation? Is it going to be post-tribulation? Is it going to be mid-tribulation? Uh, is it going to be a, a millennial? Uh, are you talking about a literal thousand-year reign? Uh, are you talking about more or less a thousand-year reign? Are you talking about amillennialism, which would say that uh, it's not literal, uh, it's figurative? You know, most of the revelation, the book of Revelation, is 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 is, is figurative, and so. And, and our head starts spinning, and uh, we read this Bible commentary, and we read this guy, and it says it's going to be exactly like this, and other guys are not exactly like this. And, and we say, hey, wow, I'm, God, how is it exactly going to work out? And just, I've told you, it's right here in, you know, in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 13. And we're like, awesome. So we go to Mark, chapter 13, and we say, God, let's figure this out. And uh, I'll just read you a couple of verses to get it all sorted out. He says, uh, 13, uh, 30, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Wow, okay. I'm feeling like I've got more questions than answers, Jesus. Uh, then he says, and for everyone, uh, he says, and everyone will hate you because you are my followers. What? Yep, it says it right here. Everyone will hate you because I, you are my followers. And then he has this classic free will statement. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Endure. And then, okay, you say, I got that all figured out. Then he throws in this sentence. The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where he should not. Okay, uh, I won't even comment on that. And you think, what? I just wanted the answer to that. Let me just say, uh, there's been like a lot of people, you know, it's like, okay, obviously you're desecrated. That's Hitler, or, you know, that's Nero, that's like whoever, you know. Uh, we don't really know. You know, it's like, Jesus, you're unfolding the plan, but like as you unfold the plan, we like have more questions. It's like, okay, this is a mysterious plan. We can say, God, there's still plenty of mystery uh, to be unpacked and resolved uh, here. Uh, and yet, uh, God is saying, I have you. You are secure. I love you. Uh, if you're with me, I have given you my Holy Spirit. I have a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to figure it all out. You have to lean in and connect to Jesus. If you lean in and you connect to Jesus, there's a sense of satisfaction, there's a sense of comfort, there's a sense of protection, there's a sense of power that you can't get by figuring it out intellectually. God is saying it's a walk of faith. It's faith in me. And as we do that, we are greatly comforted. We can say it's a mysterious plan, but it's a marvelous plan. It's a good plan. It's a plan where I feel loved, I feel protected, and I feel God's involvement in my life as we connect with God's plan instead of making up our own plan. The mystery of this plan unfolds in a big way in Ephesians 1.12, which I read. And it says this, God's purpose was that the Jews who were first to trust in God would bring praise and glory to God. Verse 14. 
the Spirit of God's the Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised, and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this. Now here's the part that like we disconnect with. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Huge disconnect. Here's the way this, this thing really works out. God desires to be praised. Uh, God desires that we recognize what He's done in the world, what He's going to do in the world, and what He's doing in your life, and what He's doing around you, and wants to do around you. He desires that we recognize His hand at work. He desires that as a result of that, our natural response would be to praise Him. As we praise Him, we take our eyes off ourselves, off our own problems, and we fix them on Him. And as we fix our eyes on Him and we praise Him, God does something in us. He does something awesome in us. He takes away our burdens. He takes away our pain. And He gives us strength. And He encourages us. And He fills us up. And He's saying, praise me. Worship me. And it's a cycle. You know, it's like you, people say, you know, I've come to church and it's kind of boring. And, and uh, you know, I don't get anything out of it anymore. You know, I've read the Bible and, you know, I, I know that passage that you preached on and, and I've got it all figured out. I know what the sacrilegious object is and, and, you know, I understand free will and predestination. There's really nothing else to learn. You know, it's just boring. Uh, you know, you don't say, uh, you, you know, if you're a teenager, mom, you know, your, 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 your food is just so boring. And we don't say, you know, I'm tired of eating. You know, I ate last week. And, you know, I know exactly what steak does and, and, you know, turkey. I'm just sick of turkey and steak. I'm not, you know, I'm just done with all that. I'm just not going to eat anymore. I'm done with eating. No, we're not, we, we can't exist like that. It's like, I'm always hungry. I'm always like ready to eat. It's like, sure, I ate last week. It was great. Fill me up. I'm hungry today. I'm looking forward to lunch today. It's like God has wired us that we need to constantly be filled by Him. We need to be praising Him and worshiping Him. It doesn't help that we said, okay, I worshiped you last week. It was an awesome conference, you know, great CD, greatest worship player. I put it in last week. That was great. No, like we run out, we leak, we, we, we need to praise God again. There's something that God will fill us up. He'll encourage us as we fix our eyes on Him and we praise Him and we cry out to Him and we say, God, I need more of you. I need to experience your love. I need to worship you. You are just awesome. Look at the things you're doing and are doing and uh, the things I want you to do. And this cycle goes on and on and on. That's part of uh, what church does. It's part of what unifies us. It's part of what unites us to God. If we have an... A, a spirit of praise and worship, uh, we starting to connect with God. We starting to get the goods. And that's part of the reason why we show up, you know, each week uh, in church because you probably wouldn't praise and worship and choose the songs that our worship leaders do. And you probably wouldn't be reading the Bible and listening to, uh, you know, preaching and a message which I'm going to be preaching to you. You're going to say, Look, I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear something really encouraging today. I don't want to hear about that. Well, God is saying, you need to grow up and I need to grow up and we need to pray and we need to worship and we need to have the cycle of worshiping God. That's what gives us hope and that's what gives us inner peace. Look at what it says in Ephesians 2, uh, 12, the middle of verse 12. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. 
For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Christ has brought peace to us. And uh, we say, yes, thank you, Jesus. And God is saying this isn't just some sort of a Unitarian plan where, you know, everything will kind of work out. All powers lead to God and we'll all get there eventually. God is saying, no, it, it's in Christ. It's only through Christ. We have the ability to be the elect. He has chosen us. And we have the security of knowing that God knows us. And He's given us His Holy Spirit as a seal, as an empowerment, as encouragement. And He has a plan that He wants to spread His love over the whole universe. And our job is to be part of that, to do that, to go and spread His love over the whole universe. Let me just uh, end this way. God has everything under control. We wonder, like, okay, how's this going to work out? You know, we, we, we recognize that just from a spiritual standpoint, there's, there's two, like, major religions in complete, uh, with the same vision, completely at odds. We have Christianity. Christ is telling us, go into all the world. All the world and make disciples. The Muslim religion is saying exactly the same thing. Go into all the world and make everybody a Muslim. And we're seeing these like opposite, different, opposing religions, you know, coming to a head. And it's like, how's this going to work out? Uh, one is saying, this is how you do it. You do it through love. Christian religion is saying, you love people. You love it. God loves Muslims. We've got to get like this in our head. He absolutely loves all people. He loves Muslims. And God is doing incredible things in the Muslim world. I mean, they are just like crazy testimonies coming out of the Muslim world. And God's plan is going to prevail. Uh, you know, there's also, I should probably have jimmied up this video clip. It's really interesting. There's this mysterious thing about what God is doing uh, in this world. Some of it is just like really localized with Muslims coming to know Christ because Christ is revealing himself to them directly. It's not because the missionaries have done great work. There's some crazy things like that. And then there was another video clip, and you can Google this thing for yourself. Uh, in Israel, there was a border war recently. Like This is new. There was like uh, ISIS was about to attack and were doing an attack on a, uh, the Israeli settlement. And so the Israeli soldiers are coming down and they're trying to defend this thing. And a dust storm miraculously just like blows up. And this dust storm comes right onto the border, right where ISIS is trying to come across. It's just like this thick dust storm. And they're like, Israeli soldiers are just like. And there's no possible ways that like the ISIS guys trying to come in could even see where or what. It's just like a shield. And you say, wow, it's just like, God, you're just doing some, you're doing stuff. I mean, you know, we need to kind of tune in and see what it is that God's doing. You can YouTube that thing and just pull it up for yourself and have a look at it. It's like pretty awesome, you know. Uh, God is doing stuff in your life, in this world, internationally, personally. Uh, God has a plan. The plan that God has for each of us that we would experience His love and His peace, firstly and primarily. 
And it's that which should be a light to the world, which is winsome that others want in on what we've got. And that's God's plan. God's plan will prevail. So uh, I want to just uh, end right there. Why don't we have the worship team uh, come on up. And Lord, we just ask that we can put aside and worship you and say, Lord, I have lots of questions. There's lots of things that are unanswered in my life. There's lots of desires that I have. But I don't want to lose out on what you have for me. I want to be able to fix my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. And I want to worship you. And I desire, Lord God, to please you and that you would fill me up and you would direct me and guide me without me figuring it out. And Lord, that your reality and your promise in John 10.10 is that we would experience a rich and rewarding life today in you. And Lord, I just pray for your people that they experience your love, your joy, your purpose, your rich and rewarding life. And Lord, we just want to worship you. We want to thank you for dying on the cross. We want to thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. We want to thank you that you are moving in us and around us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand and, and let's just worship the Lord. Thanks. Thank you.